This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine of the $1 million Rico Woodbine Miles today, and the classic event is one of the highlights of the Woodbine thoroughbred season, and a day that, well, we'll see a Breeders' Cup winning your in My Challenge series, really cool, joined by running of two other Breeders' Cup qualifying events, the Patterson Summer Stakes and the Natalo Stakes, and what is one of the biggest cards of racing in the Woodbine thoroughbred schedule this year. Peter Lurie will join us today, and Peter is a well-recognized host and racing analyst with Santa Anita and Fan. FanDuel TV, which was formerly known as the TBG, and he joins us as Peter has been added to the Woodbine Simulcast broadcast for today's Great Stakes events, and surely we will speak with Peter and get his respected opinion on the plethora of Breeders' Cup's winning your in stakes event featured at Woodbine today. Also, well, this past Tuesday was the running of the second leg of the Canadian Triple Crown, the Prince of Wales Stakes at Fort Erie Racetrack, and friend of the show, Josie Carroll, just happened to train the winner of the stakes event, a horse by the name of Duke of Love, owned by MyRacehorse.com, an ownership group that is headed by friend of the show, Michael Behrens. It was a sloppy track at the Fort Erie track on Tuesday, but the Duke didn't seem to mind, and he took to the wet surface big time and won the second leg of the Canadian Triple Crown. Shortly, we will hear more from Josie Carroll and find out more on what the future holds for the MyRacehorse.com charge. And of course, we would be remiss in not talking about today's Rico Woodbine Mile, where Josie will saddle another friend of the show, Mighty Heart, who has drawn the rail in this classic event. In addition, friend to the show, Robert Reed Jr. will join us today to drill down tonight's great stakes-filled card at Woodbine Mohawk Park that includes eliminations for the She's a Great Lady and Metro Pace and the $230,000 final, the Milton Stakes. Robert will also cast a close eye on tonight's racing at Woodbine Mohawk Park and set the table on the upcoming stakes events at the Campbellville Oval going forward. And finally, while he's back, host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their ponies picks today sponsored by rocket ship racing it's going to be a great show so you better get your hbi dark horse accounts ready to go for some heavy duty action today when we come back my co-host larry simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news stay tuned ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing more from the track when we come back on 105.9 the region Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. 
Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, the Josh Allen of horse racing, Larry Simpson. Thank you. Very well. You're very welcome. Hey, your bills look really, really, really good in their first win. My bills look good, yes. And I, and I appreciate the comparison to Josh Allen. And you're, you're very welcome. In his MVP season this well, year. Oh, he's so. off to a good start. Yep. Big, big week in horse racing. Uh, Duke of Love. The track was a little muddy and sloppy. But coming down the back stretch at the Prince of Wales Stakes, I didn't think Duke of Love was bothered by the conditions whatsoever, Larry. No, and actually... Uh, it was funny. It was, I don't want to brag, but, uh, well, I'm not bragging because I did pick Duke of Love as yeah. one of the horses I liked in the Queen's Plate, and he just didn't seem to uh, fire that day. But I liked Duke of Love on, on Tuesday, and I, I thought part of the reason that Duke of Love would perform well is his breeding is kind of uh, uh, helped out by the fact that it's more of a dirt pedigree mm. and mm. uh you know and interesting we've seen, and we've seen that he can win on the synthetic because he broke his maiden at woodbine on the synthetic and it's still to be seen he does have some turf breeding as well so to me this horse had a well-rounded pedigree and he also had speed and and in a lot of his races he's showing speed at the very beginning and Fort Erie has historically been a speed-based track, especially on the dirt. And when a track gets muddy, then the track will sometimes get a little more, it's not a word, but speedier. Mm-hmm. because Quicker. Know, well, quicker, yeah. And it's because the horses are basically throwing mud back at the other horses. So, mm. the, so the speed will carry because a lot of horses don't like getting the mud in their face. Right? Oh, right. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I I thought that the race would work out well for him. There was a question about the, the one post position, but uh, jockey Justin Stein was able to navigate away from there. and uh, He ran yeah. a smart race. Yeah, he rode a smart race, and I think, uh, you know, this horse is just starting to come into his own. They had big plans for, for him at the beginning of the year. We had Michael Barron's on the show. He yeah. spoke about him. And, you know, we figured that, uh, he figured that this horse would, would do well in the, uh, in the Queen's Plate and he just didn't fire. Mind you, there was a lot of horses and, and there was a lot of horses didn't fire. Moira fired <laughs> yeah. and the rest of the, some of the others just didn't. So, um, you know, I think the, the light has maybe just gone on with this horse now and, uh. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. No, that was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So then here we are with the, the Rico Wood by Mile. I mean, it's a lot of racing, a lot of big races on thoroughbred races this week, Larry. It is, and Woodbine basically has three uh, stakes races that are uh, what they call Breeders' uh, Cup win and you're in. So the horse that actually wins the three one of the three races, you got the Rico Mile, you got the the uh, Natalma and uh, the summer stakes and the summer stakes, right? Uh, all on the turf, and the winner gets a basically a free pass to the uh, to the one of the Breeders' Cup events. So it's going to be some some great races today. There's some great horses entered. There's some horses even from Europe in. 
And uh, a couple yeah. Ireland, am I correct? There's a yeah. few from Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and well, it's turf, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Woodbine gets an opportunity now to showcase their two turf courses to uh, basically the rest of the world because these these races will be, uh, uh, you know, shown basically worldwide uh, through various simulcast uh, ventures and that. So, Peter Lurie is a well recognized host and racing analyst with Santa Anita Racetrack and FanDuel TV, which is formerly known as TVG. And Peter also has quite a bit of experience as a movie actor, voice actor, and character actor. But today he will be part of the Woodbine Broadcasting Team that is reporting on the tremendous card of racing today that just all happens to include the $1 million Woodbine Rico Mile. Peter, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure, guys. Like I said, this is going to be my, uh, today is my first uh, venture into not only Toronto, Canada, uh, but Woodbine Racetrack, and i got to be honest with you, I am absolutely thrilled. Well, obviously, you know a thing or two about horse racing. Before we get into your extensive movie and television and video game voice career, how did you get to be such uh, so well-known and so adept at horse racing and horse broadcasting? Oh, well, I, you guys should be my agent, it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys know a lot about this. I'm, I'm just very, very fortunate. Um Years ago, the uh, the career, uh, I was very, very happy with the way my career was going, and I was making a fair amount of money. And in the States, when you make a fair amount of money, um, the Internal Revenue Service wants some of it. <laughs> so someone said, you need, to, you need to get in and get some sort of a write-off that loses money so you can enjoy it. And I thought, well, I've been going around the racetrack since I was about four years old, and my dad was a huge fan, but was never, ever going to be able to have a racehorse. And I thought, you know what? Me and a couple of friends got together. I said, what about a racehorse? And my friend who was handling my accounting work said, oh, that's great. That's a loser. Go for it. <laughs> and uh, for, the first, yeah, for the first 15 years, uh, we were in the black the whole time. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. And one day in the morning over at Santa Anita, I was, uh, I was out with some friends, and we were all just kind of, uh, you know, having a cup of tea and, relaxing and uh, I had somebody come up to me and say, do you have a picture resume and a tape? And I said, I'm sure I do. And they said, don't worry about it. It's probably nothing. And a month later I got called that they were starting a brand new television station, which at the time was horse racing TV, HRTV for the uh, Stronic group. And they wanted me to be a part of it. And that was, that was 20 years ago. Hmm. And I'm still doing it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, what you're going to be doing today, you you're, understand you're working with uh, Woodbine Racing Live's uh, Jeff Bratt. Uh, what do you know about uh, Woodbine uh, and uh, today's card? Well, uh, Woodbine is a historic racetrack. So when they contacted me a few weeks ago and asked me if I'd like to be part of the team for the day, I jumped at the chance. Uh, it's an amazing facility, as you all know, um, in particular, today's card is crazy. I mean, there are 12 races. Um, if you're a turf player, and for those big listening who are not really, uh, you know, versed in uh, uh, horse racing, uh, that's just basically racing that takes place on the grass. If you're a turf fan, today is your day. The vast majority of the races will be on the, on the turf course or one of several of your turf courses, and uh, I cannot wait. It's, it's just got an absolute international flavor. We got horses coming in from, uh, from, uh, the States. And, uh, like I said, I can't wait. 
Again, and Jeff, I think that's one of the great things, or Peter, sorry, Jeff. Peter, that's one of the great things about the sport and technology is tracks and horse tracks and horses that we would never hear about, see, or experience now all become part of the horse racing fans lexicon where you can go to it, see it, be a part of it, see the horses, and enjoy the tracks. No question about it. And, and you know what? And it's fun because as a player, when there are players out there, as we get away from the horses, get more into the gambling aspect because you ever saw the movie Let It Ride and Terry Gar asked uh, Richard Dreyfuss' character why they can't just watch the race um, and not bet on it and everyone started laughing he, he said to her in the Richard Dreyfuss voice because Barb without gambling there is no racing <laughs> and uh, it's, you know it's you know it's a, it's a part of it and uh, it's um, there's just so many aspects and to me, the easiest way to sum it up for maybe somebody who's listening today and saying, I've always wanted to go racing, but I was intimidated. We're all in the same boat. You guys, myself, everybody. I always look at horse racing and betting on horse racing like golf. Uh, if everybody could do it, nobody would do it. And that's why you keep coming back. Cause as my old man used to say to me, um, even when he was like 90, 91 years old and he was still going on the track, I, I'd say, Pop, you only get a couple extra bucks. He says, nah, I don't need to. He says, this stage of the game, it's a puzzle. And I like to know at the end of the day, I solved the puzzle. And hmm. I, I kind of live by that credo. What got you interested on, into the uh, handicapping side of the, uh, of the horse racing business? Uh, it's going to sound silly, but when I was a little kid, I'm talking about four or five years old, you know, we all we all want to hang out with our dads, and he would listen to the uh, race replays, and he would have a, he would have a, a daily racing form, and I would just like sit there and intentionally listen and want to look at it. And one day he finally just said, "You know what? Come here for a second, son." And he showed me what it was about, what how to read a form, and once you read a form, it's it's such a different way of looking at it because it's almost like forensics um, where you're trying to piece something together and that doesn't exist anymore and say, okay, this is why this happened. And I, that's what I feel the daily racing form is or whichever publication you use, whether it's BrizNet or what have you. Um, it allows you to look back and say, okay, based on what this horse is history, recent history was how do you think the race is going to set up and who do you think has the best chance to win? Is that part of the appeal of wagering is the puzzle, the challenge, getting it right what brings you back? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of people out there who will listen uh, if I'm if I'm on FanDuel TV or whoever is on FanDuel TV, or if I'm over at Santa with my partners, and there'll be the two ways of looking at it. One, somebody will take the the position of, oh, you know, you guys got to give us picks every, you know, we're all going to be winners. And well, that's just not realistic. I always feel like the best thing you can do is try to set up a race as if, again, I was an owner or a trainer or a jockey. All the great jockeys in my opinion, have to read the form. Hmm. They have to know. You can't, you can't just walk into a race and say, well, I got the fastest horse and that's all there is to it. 
I guess you can. Simplistically, you can. But it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to do it that way. You want to know what your horse is capable if you've never been on it before. And more importantly, you want to know what the other horses are capable. And that kind of allows you to set up, uh, I guess, a strategy would be the best way to put it. So when you're on the air, Peter, um, you're kind of like an, an analyst plus a handicapper, correct? Correct. That's, you know, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I just think it comes down to the simple fact that you're, you're trying to give out, at least for me, you're trying to give out as much information as possible and be able to say, you know, because you can't tell anybody. And gentlemen, you guys know what I'm talking about. You cannot go to a racetrack and tell somebody, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you don't want to play that horse. That horse got no shot. <laughs> but that's also the beauty of horse racing. Um, I, I love to make a reference to the movie Let It Ride. And if nobody has ever, if you haven't seen it. It's a great movie. Okay, so, yeah. okay see what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. It's, I was coming up by calling it the the $2 betters ultimate fantasy. And it, the, the cast that's in this thing is ridiculous. And um, it, it, do we even have Harry Potter? Harry Potter, six degrees of separation is in this. For folks who've never seen it, if you're a Harry Potter fan, if you want to see Rubius Hagrid <laughs> in a movie, it's actor comedian Robbie Coltrane, and he plays the the, the pivotal character uh, who, to me, is almost like um, what would you what would you refer to it as um, the the muse, as it were, um, the uh, the paramutual clerk that Richard Dreyfuss keeps going to get his bets in, and at one point in the movie. Someone said, well, what are you gonna, what's, your next, what's your next bet? And he's starting to get this following going. And he says, I don't know. So he decides to go out and ask everybody in the stands who they like. <laughs> and everybody goes through this whole thing. And at the end of it, the one horse that nobody likes, that's the one he bets. I love it. Now, okay, you're mentioning a really well-known movie and Robbie Coltrane and Richard Dreyfuss and such. You have an extensive IMDb for everything you've done. Where, I mean, as much as you have all this talent with horse racing, horse broadcasting, how did that come to be, Peter? Because it's really impressive. Oh, I appreciate that. Sure, dumb luck. Can I put it? Can I put it any more blatantly? Sure. No, I, I live by that. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I come from I come from a hippie actor family. Um, uh, I did everything I wanted to do, trying not to be in uh, in the acting business. And then I finally realized, you know, I really enjoy what I'm doing and I like performing. And that's how I got into it. The voiceover end that you're referring to, it's going to sound really, really silly, but it's absolutely true. I, at one point in my young career, was a tour guide at Universal Studios Hollywood. Right on. And this is in the day where, where a tour guide, could, you know, it's not like it is now where you, uh, no offense to the people who are doing it, but they basically, you know, they just push buttons and go, hey, Jimmy Fallon says this, take a look, and they'll push a button. Back then, you had to be, you had to have acting chops and you had to be able to talk for two, two and a half hours straight. Um, I was going by on the lower lot with a group, just doing my thing. Two people were walking by what they call the property warehouse, which is where the studios, uh, when they're getting ready for a movie, they go and say, oh, okay, well, we need this kind of a chair. Let's go to the property warehouse and see if it's there. If not, we'll make one. 
Um, and two guys were walking as I was uh, driving by on the tram. One of them turned to the other one, I was told, and said, that guy makes a fortune in voiceover. Why is he a tour guide? And lucky for me, the guy who was walking with him was a good friend of mine. Huh. And he said, I don't think that's who you think it is. And he threw out a name and he said, no, that's not him. And he, the gentleman he was walking with happened to uh, run uh, one of the bigger voiceover studios in Hollywood. And he handed him his card and said, listen, you got to give him, give him my number and tell him to call me. And he just basically, I met the guy and he said, you know, you, you potentially have a real good chops and you could be doing this. Um, we're having what's called a workout group here on, I don't remember what day, what night it was. Um, I think you should come on down. And I did. And about six to seven months later, I had put together enough inf uh, enough uh, demo work, which is basically a recording copy of a commercial or what have you. And uh, I had enough to put together a demo reel and I submitted to a couple agencies and the ball got rolling from there. But as I said, it was just a lot of just being in the right place at the right time and a lot of luck. Yeah, you obviously worked hard at it. You're not giving yourself enough credit. Peter, an absolute pleasure. Um, just a great voice, great stories, great insight. Really enjoyed having you on, and all the best this weekend. Thank you. And I'm encouraging everybody, if you have never been to Woodbine, this is the day today. Come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, real quickly, the Rico Mile, mm. I think it's going to be very, very tough to beat the five modern games. He's coming in for Charlie Appleby and Godolphin, which is one of the most recognizable international ownership groups here. Uh, this horse is proven on uh, on North American soil, and I think it's going to be very tough to go up and bet this horse. So if you just one of those people who say, I want a winner, take the winner, <laughs> it's modern games. <laughs> Outstanding, Peter. Thank you so much for doing this and enjoy. No problem, gentlemen. Have a great day and I expect you guys to be out here in a little bit. Okay, <laughs> we'll do. When we come back, friend of the show, Josie Carroll, speaking of winners and champions, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be back in a second. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds 
needs one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Tuesday, Fort Erie Racetrack hosted the 87th running of the Prince of Wales Stakes, the second leg on the Canadian Triple Crown in a race that was won by the MyRacehorse.com's Duke of Love, trained by friend of the show, Josie Carroll. Josie joining us today, not only talk about the Duke's victory in the Prince of Wales, but also today's Rico Wood by Mile. But Josie, let's talk about Tuesday. Welcome to the show, and what a victory in some tough conditions for an impressive horse, Duke of Love. I was really excited about this horse. Uh, he had he had braced extremely well on the dirt surface, so I thought he would handle it. Then, of course, we got the rain thrown in and got a sloppier track. But uh, truthfully, that Fort Erie racetrack is a very safe, safe kind of track. It's always got a good base, even when it's wet. So I really wasn't too concerned. Do you think the uh, the off track helped him, Josie? Because he he is kind of a speed horse, right? I don't. I don't think it hurt him any. As I said, you know, it's a pretty. It's a pretty good surface. There, horses tend to get a good hold of it. As a viewer, it seemed to be when uh, Duke of Love was coming down the backstretch, it was it was all but over. It was that the sense you got, or did you think beforehand that Duke of Love had this? Yeah, you know, we sort of went into this race with a plan. Um, the one hole is a little bit a little bit tough, and I did not want this horse trapped down on the fence because he, uh, you know, he doesn't seem to handle. A, a, being pinned very well. He needs to have a sort of a free running style and certainly expected the two horse to go out a little quicker. So our plan really was to let the two go and then drift off the fence. Of course, the two didn't leave quite as fast as we wanted. And Justin had to sit a little bit, but he sat just patiently and got him off the fence as soon as he could. Um, he, he rode him very, very well, did exactly what we had planned. So do you think he's just starting to mature now as a racehorse, Josie? I think so very, very much. This uh, this horse is just starting to figure things out. Okay. Are we going to see Duke of Love in the Breeders' Crown? Are the Breeders' Stakes coming up at Woodbine? I'm really not sure. We, you know, we we raced we raced in May, June, twice in July, August, September. He's had a lot of racing. I, I certainly think it depends very much on how he bounces out of this race. Okay. Let's let's talk about the MyRacehorse.com and Michael Barron's group. Uh, what have they brought to uh, racing, do you think, uh, especially up here in Canada now? Uh, I tell you, this is so much fun. Uh, they have a great group of people that uh, that show up for the races. It's extremely well-managed. Uh, Harry Rice, who handles this division, uh, comes and, and sort of keeps a rein on all the people and directs them uh, so that they don't over, overwhelm the horse or the trainer. Um and these people just really enjoy it so much, and they're so appreciative of being able to get into a sport that, that maybe they couldn't, um, you know, afford on their own. Is this going to be the future of thoroughbred ownership in North America, these kind of group ownerships? I think we're going to see more and more of this. Um, we're already seeing on a, on a, a higher level the, the big partnerships buying in on the big horses, and I think you're going to see more and more of, of these groups come up. But, uh, I mean, I think the key to it is going to be the way that, um, the way that it is managed and regulated. And I think this particular group has, has really got it down pat. It's, it's very smooth sailing, uh, the way they've arranged it. And 
their people have so much fun. It's, uh, you know, if you love, if you love horse racing, it's just great to see all these people come out and just passionately enjoy it. Okay. Before we talk about, uh, Mighty Heart, I just wanted to go back to, uh, Duke of, uh, Love one last time. Like, he is bred for turf, correct? He's by Cupid. So, uh, if you did decide to go to the, uh, the breeders, uh, I don't think it, it would be a problem with the pedigree uh, or possibly even the distance, correct? I don't think the pedigree would be a problem. Um, the distance is, you know, always a little bit of a question for a young horse mm-hmm. uh, to see whether they're going to handle that or not. What makes Mighty Heart such a special horse as it gets set for the Rico Wood by Mile? I think he is just a, a big-hearted horse that gives you everything he's got every time you take him over there. And uh, to do that consistently is, is very, very unusual. He's, he's maintained this for, for three years. He's actually on the turf. He's 0 for 3, correct? Is there something that uh, you think that he hasn't well, the, shown the, yet? I think we we throw we throw out the first two turf races. Yeah. The one in the one in New Orleans, he didn't have a clue what he was doing. He actually sort of headed for the outside mm. the outside <laughs> fence at that point. Yeah. He really didn't know what was what was up. So I throw that one out. The breeders he got he got hooked early in crazy fractions yeah. and, and just got gutted before he got a chance to we got a chance to find out if he really liked the surface. And then I thought he actually ran a pretty good race in the in the Niagara, just tired. Um, I know he was fifth, but he was only beaten a length of three quarters. It's not like he was, uh, uh, he ran badly. And, you know, I, I rely a lot on numbers and, uh, you know, he ran one of his best numbers the last time out. Maybe a lot of listeners don't know this, Josie, but when you're training a horse and getting a horse ready like Mighty Heart for the Woodbine Rico Mile, is the training, the, the, the attitude, the plan you have, the blueprint different for a track, for a surface, or is it the same on the horse? How does that? How do you alter that? Uh, I think we, I think we tweak things. We tweak things a little bit um, for a race like that. Um, you know, he um, he's a pretty easy horse to train anyway, but uh, maybe didn't do as much with him into this race since we were coming off, uh, you know, a long hard race. We did, probably didn't do quite as much with him going in. We had nice time in between. Um, just wanted a fresh horse going out there that, uh, you know, I think he's going to show some speed. There's a lot of speed in there. Um, but I just really wanted a fresh horse going in that I hadn't done too much with going into the race. Okay, and he's got the uh, rail, which sometimes can be very tricky. Eh? Is that a concern uh, today for you? Um, normally it would be, on uh, this particular race course, which is so wide. Um, I, I think horses have a tendency to fan out more. I, I think it's a, a different kind of course. Your resume as a trainer is, is spectacular, Josie. I mean, when you go to work and you have always have this passion and knowledge and depth of knowledge that is almost second to none to... Do you start going into a year with specific goals to add to your resume, or are you just living in the moment? I, I think your goals for the year depend very much on the uh, the team that you get. In other words, the horses that are in your barn. You know, you look at you look at what you've got to start the year. Then you look ahead to see which of them. You know, you can aim for the bigger spots. 
But do you ever think, is it this this girl that was growing up in Scarborough that you would have this list of champions and winners that you do right now? It's, it's, I, I am so, so fortunate. You know, I, I really never dreamed that, uh, you know, these kind of horses would come my way. And uh, the fact that they just they keep coming is, is pretty, uh, pretty exciting for me. What was it that sold you on, on the business, Josie, that said, I, I got to get into this industry? Oddly enough, from the time I was uh, very small, I, I mean, probably eight, nine years old, um, just watching the newspaper every Sunday, the Toronto Star would come out and they'd have pictures of the stake winners. And um, it all started with that. Just uh, cut, I, Actually, I still have the clippings. I cut them out every weekend and, and just followed it and had a, a passion for the, for the horses. Was there a tipping point for you, Josie, where it became not just a passion, but your life's job, your life's career, where you knew, hey, I don't just love it, but I can make a living at it? You know, I, I always anticipated going into something with horses. I, I don't think I always knew that it would be specifically racing, um, but I did lean that way. I just I just knew it was going to be something with the horses, and um, I, I went to the Humber College just up the road here um, and took their their um, equine program and we came to the racetrack on field placement, which was really exciting for me. And uh, I never left. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, I always like you know, to, it, it, it's these, these, this breed, this sport, I think once you get close to it, 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 it hooks you, it hooks you. There's nothing like that. Uh, adrenaline rush when, when the horse crosses the wire in front and, and you've put a lot of work into it, some horses are more rewarding than others. The ones that you have to figure out, it's, it's, a, it's really a, a great challenge to, to figure out each of these individuals. And, you know, o- over the course of years, I've been fortunate to have owners that have been with me a very long time. So now I'm on generational horses and you get to, you know, compare them to their, their, um, predecessors that you've also trained and, and that is just so exciting. Larry? Uh, I always like to kind of compare horses, uh, Josie, and I, I want to get back to uh, Duke of Love and Mighty Heart. Is there any comparisons between these two horses? Uh, uh, you know, stature, uh, talent, uh, heart. Is, is there any way that they're, they're similar? Totally, totally, totally different horses. Are they? Totally different horses. <laughs> Yeah, why? Uh, they they train differently. They're built differently. Uh, I guess the common denominator is they both want to win. Mm-hmm. And so do you. <laughs> and Josie, that's why you're such a great champion. Thank you so much for joining. It's always a pleasure. Friend of the show, friend of all in horse racing. Continued success, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. A pleasure. After the break, when we come back, Robert Reed Jr. will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. 
These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, friend to all in standard bred racing in the province, Mohawk handicapper Robert Reed Jr. joining us today. And tonight is a very important night at the Campbellville Oval, which includes the elimination for, oh, what's a big, big race. She's a great lady and Metro Pace and the $230,000 final for the Milton Stakes. Robert, as always, welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's uh, fall's arriving, and when the leaves turn color and the calendars change and the seasons change, what doesn't change is the enormity of the purses and the races and the stakes at Woodbine Mohawk. Yeah, this is a fantastic time of year. It, it's really every single weekend, and even some of the cards cards uh, scattered in between, you know, are, are full of Grand Circuit races and stakes events with some of the best horses on the planet here. So I, I get real excited on this time of year. I mean, we've got the NA Cup, obviously, in June, but, but this is where you just kind of get a steady dose of stakes action every single week. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, tonight, you've got uh, you know the eliminations of the She's a Great Lady, the Metro Pace, and the final of the uh, Milton Stakes. Uh, you know, let's talk about them. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of those nights where it's kind of you've got such a great card from top to bottom, and, and the thing that's interesting to me is is that we get started off with a, a group of killer. Uh, three-year-old trotting fillies, and then not even a stakes event to start off the card. So they're going to really set the tone for the night. Of course, War Weezing is in there, uh, and uh, you've got a Dare Castle. It's a rematch of their uh, their matchup in the Simcoe. So I'm excited to see that one. And then, of course, you know, you've got the, the She's a Great Lady eliminations and the Metro eliminations, just two eliminations for each of those stakes events. But it's it's no uh, no shortage in talent. I mean, there's some really nice uh, rookie pacers going postward. And it's almost like you think about it, Robert, you, you, you know, you relate it to hockey. This is playoff time for a lot of the trainers and the horses and the drivers getting ready for the Mohawk Milligan. It puts even more emphasis on tonight's races. Yeah, it does. I mean, these races here, obviously, on the on the uh, pacing side for the uh, the rookie pacers, and and you know, you, you've got to really you know like the looks of the, you know the, the Philly side of it. Save the last dance, and, and you've got Sylvia Hanover, uh, both of which have been racing fantastic. You know, on the Metro side, you know, you've got the two strong ones that they didn't draw against each other right now, but Save America and Stock Teelster, hoping they both win and then meet up in the final. And of course, you know, the the Milton Stakes, you know, that that race shouldn't get over. I mean, you've got Test of Faith in there, and of course, uh, the beloved So Much 
Moore, who's the queen of pacing in Canada. Hmm. When you're doing your handicapping, uh, Robert, how much emphasis do you put on you know what happened in the eliminations when you're handicapping the actual final of the race? Uh, I would say you know going into eliminations, it, it can be very tricky, right? And and I know that many handicappers and betters, it's tough to you know get excited about putting your dollars down an elimination race where five of the seven might make the final. However, the addition of the winners picking their posts obviously puts quite a bit on the line because you don't want to end up with a nine hole or 10 hole in the final of a race. Now, when I'm analyzing the eliminations, I have to take all that with a grain of salt, you know, so it's, it's not, it's almost like watching a qualifier. Really. You're not necessarily watching the horses at, at the front, at the wire. Obviously that's important. You also want to look at the race uh, behind them, uh, underneath them. If there's horses that maybe got into road trouble that still made the final, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of um, it, it can be tricky. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you still want to end up with the ones that you know, in your opinion, gave the best performance. Whether that means they won or finished third or fourth, that that's where you want to end up landing. Robert, you, you've done this for such a long time at such a high level. You put so much thought and science and math into it. How often does a gut feeling come into your picks? Gut feelings. I mean, I would say that, you know, your, your initial instinct is usually right. You know, I think where I make a lot of mistakes is when you start to deviate from that. However, you have to be willing to react to what the odds board tells you. Hmm. You can't, you know, and I don't mean following the money per se, which many people would think that's what I'm talking about. What I actually mean is, is you sometimes have to side with the better value in a race. So I would say if you've got, you know, a, a gut feeling on something and, and you're looking at a race and, and you say, you know what, this horse is being overbet and this one's not. And even though that one was my top selection, I think I have to go in this direction now. That's usually something I, I think you should trust. And and no better example actually came last Thursday night in the opening race on the card. There was a two to five favorite in a two year old trotting race, uh, and the horse that I picked for second in the race was fifteen to one versus two to five on the horse that I had on top. And and you've got to make that adjustment in that spot. And of course, the two to five shot broke stride. The fifteen to one shot wins. My gut feeling going behind the gate was, you know what, I should go in this direction for value, and it ended up being right. So hmm. I would say a lot of my analysis, like I, I'm kind of married to my picks pretty early on in the horse players journal. That's why I like doing the broadcast as well because I get to make those adjustments. But I would say, you know, trust your gut. Just don't let it take you on a on a journey where you're trying to you know, reinvent the wheel and maybe create something. It's not <laughs> Very wise words, Robert. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk about uh, next Saturday now. It's, it's a pretty big uh, night of racing, correct? Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you've got the, the Mohawk million and the thing for me about the Mohawk million is that the dynamic of the race is really what's make makes it inter- interesting to me. Right. The fact that, you know, people have to buy these spots, um, and then really it's, it's this week where all the kind of, you know, deals are being made and negotiations are happening, trying to, you know, make sure that, that each spot owner has an appropriate horse for that race. Right. So it's, to me, this is the most interesting time for it. I know that, you know, there was a year that I actually tracked them all from start to finish and tried to figure out who would be in the final, but I kind of take a different approach now and I wait for it all to shake out before I start trying to make, you know, my selections, because if you've got preconceived notions, those can kind of hurt you too. If you kind of start tracking a horse and 
think that's the one to beat. You don't want to go into it with that thought that I got to stick with this one because I said this would be the winner months ago, right? So uh, the Mohawk Million for me, it's it is probably the race that I get most excited about because it, it's so unique and dynamic and it attracts horses from everywhere, right? We're going to see horses from multiple jurisdictions and the best on both sides of the border. So I can't wait for it. Now, Robert, I, I know that with my communications wrote about it earlier, but I mean, do you have any insight? Would the Philly righteous resolve be a part of the Mohawk million this year? I certainly hope so. I mean, I don't, you know, it's interesting, you know, everyone plays it so close to the vest. I, I tried to text a bunch of people this morning to try to get you guys some tidbits, but everyone kind of, you know, ignores my number when I, when I ask the hard <laughs> question. Even you? Know, you? Afraid. Yeah, they do. Cause well, I mean, look, some people are very forthright, but others know that, you know, it, it'll likely end up in a, in a media spot mm. or possibly go on Twitter or in the horse players journal and, and, you know, deals aren't all finalized yet. Right. So I can't blame them, but I, I would hope to see righteous resolve in there. She's been a tremendous Philly and, and, and watching her, you know, win again last night or two nights ago, I should say, uh, she was, uh, you know, fantastic again and has put together a strong career so far. Her only defeat, came when she had no chance when she kind of got into some traffic trouble. So I hope she ends up in that spot. Of course, we know one horse that will be in there. That's winner's bet, right? He punched his, 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 his way through with a golden ticket in the Wellwood Memorial. And obviously he's in with a chance, but I think we're going to see a murderer's row again in that race. Okay. Just to, just to continue. Cause I think some listeners might be confused, Robert, why the secrecy? Like, cause so many other big races, you know, weeks or days ahead of time. So why is there such a cone of silence around this race? Well, I mean, I think that it's mostly just because, you know, no one wants to really reveal their hand until they've got, uh, you know, whatever their deal is finalized. I mean, I don't know what the inner workings of deals have been in the past, but I can only imagine that there's got to be, they got to be pretty intricate, right? If, mm. if you've bought a spot for a substantial amount of money and now you're trying to get another horse to race in it, I mean, there's got to be something, a mutual benefit in that relationship, right? So I think a lot of the time it's it's more so just not wanting to, kind of reveal, reveal your hand until you have to, and also not let your competition know who might be coming. So, I mean, there's there's certainly some inklings on the, the, some of the main horses that will be making an appearance, but at the end of the day, uh, like I said, they play it pretty close to the vest. Interesting. Okay, so speaking about revealing a hand, Robert, we're going to get you to reveal some plays that uh, – Maybe our listeners can, uh, can mm. bet tonight at Toe. See what he did Mohawk. there? See what he did there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want winners. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I, I, I listen, tonight's car, like I said, you know, you've got stakes action from top to bottom, and, and some of those races are tricky because you're going to have some real hefty favorites, right? And, and again, elimination racing with heavy favorites. Um, you've got to sometimes, you know, tread carefully, but I think in those races, most of the favorites should get the job done because I think the margin between their talent is pretty significant. However, for me, I usually land in one of the overnight races with my top play. You know, I, that's where I think uh, I'll, I'll be trying to make my money uh, throughout that card. And the horse that I absolutely love is in race number two, and that's commanding officer. Uh, I thought he was fantastic last time uh, in his uh, second start for trainer Jean uh, Turnagy, and, you know, I think he's only going to get better. 
Two back, he got locked in, had nowhere to go, was absolutely loaded with pace under the wire. Then he pulverized the group in a softer spot as a heavy favorite. And this is actually something where I think, you know, you can not take advantage of, but some people are going to say, well, why is Sylvan Filion jumping off this horse? He's jumping off to draw Cold Creek Queso. And does that mean he thinks that one's better? I mean, maybe. I think more so he's jumping off because that horse has OSS uh, engagements coming up at the gold level. He sees more earnings potential, doesn't want to lose that drive, also knows he can probably get the drive back on commanding officer later on. So you lose Sylvan. That might make some people wonder why is he doing that, but you pick up the services of Dexter Dunn. So that's going to you know, only add to the appeal of commanding officer. Post five to work from. Uh, second best post, in my opinion, at Mohawk Park, and I think he should win again. I'm not sure we're going to get the 7-2 in the morning line, but in any event, he's my single on the early pick five, and a horse I'll be uh, wagering heavily on. Okay, before we let you go, Robert, uh, every time you, we have you on the show, we ask you to share one of your favorite betting angles, so uh, give us another one. So we've gone through a lot of the ones that I, I think that I, I kind of focus on, but I guess I'm going to go back to what I said earlier on, uh, you know, when we started the discussion. And it's about, to me, it, finding value, right? The one thing I've learned uh, over the years, and, and listen, I make mistakes all the time. There's no question about you, it. What, even, you? Even, oh, yeah, even in the Horse Players Journal <laughs> <laughs> recently uh, on the broadcast. I'll make missteps because sometimes, you know, you're – your inherent thing to do as a handicapper or as a better is to say, I want to bet on the horse that's going to win. Mm. And yes, that's the goal. However, you want to be on the better side of value. Okay. So one thing that I think I even need to get better at in the horse players journal is if I look at a race and I say, well, this horse is the likely winner, but this horse here is going to be a better price and he might win two or three out of the 10 times this race is run. And he's going to be a better price than four to one. Let's say then that should be my top selection. So what what I'll say is is that sometimes you need to actually look past who you think your top pick is in the race and say, I'm going to go against that one just because this horse offers a better value. And that rings even more true with multi-leg sequences. Most people's... Um, their their inclination is to say, I'm going to single a big favorite that's supposed to win when you're supposed to actually look through the sequence and find one that you think you want to hang your hat on that's going to be a better price and then surround that horse with more prices, that's how you get the big payout. So it's not really, I'd say, a handicapping, having handicapping angle. It's more so just a philosophy that I think it would make everybody better. And I noticed that when I adjust my own play and my own selections to do that, I might not win as high as a rate, but I will have a better ROI. So take that for, for, for what you like. But again, being on the right side of value is the key to long-term success in this game. Robert Reed Jr., that's what we love having you on. As always, a pleasure. Enjoy the races and enjoy the upcoming Mohawk Million, my friend. All right, thank you so much, guys. Anytime. Always a pleasure. Take care. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, I'm racing at several other North American tracks, so make sure that your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's coveted Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. 
Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, before we wrap up our show, Chris, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be with about a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his white hot ponies picks the day, sponsored by our good friends at Rocket Ship Racing. Mr. Larry Simpson, take it away. I'm telling you, you've been on fire. No, that's the rocket ship going up. Ah, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a plug. You know, yeah, rocket ship racing sponsor yeah. plug. Yes. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's start at Woodbine. Uh, as we discussed, uh, they host a tremendous uh, 12 race card today with the Grade One Rico Woodbine Mile, the Grade One Patterson Summer Stakes, and the Grade One. Natalma stakes presented by Johnny Walker. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but I'm going to look at race four first. It's a maiden special weight for fillies and mares, a mile and a sixteenth on the tapita surface, and it's for three-year-olds and up. And uh, I'm going to start uh, number nine. Any Quist is a filly that continues to show improving form with her last race at Woodbine on July 13. Seeing this uh, filly get into a pace duel into the stretch and finish third, beating two and a half lengths. That race was at today's distance on the Tapita, and the race itself is a bit of a key race, and we keep talking about these key races, and these horses are winning off mm -hmm. of key races mm -hmm. and that. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a key race as the winner of that race, Lady Moonshine, raced back since and won an allowance event since then. So Great name for a horse, Lady by the way. Lady Moonshine, yeah. So... Uh, actually should be in the Johnny Walker race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, as for today's race, uh, Anyquist uh, is a well-bred filly, shows the best last race buyer speed rating of all the uh, fillies in the uh, their fourth race. And this horse is also making the key third start off the layoff. Uh, Patrick Husband stays aboard, which is a good sign. There's four well-spaced works for Anyquist since that last race, which... I want to add again, it was a key race on July 23rd. So 
Woodbine Race 4, number 9, Anyquist. Outstanding. Next. Okay, I got another one at Woodbine. It's uh, a big day at Woodbine. Why it not? Is. Yeah, so this is the uh, race 10, as we mentioned, is the grade one, the tall mistakes. It's at one mile on the turf for two-year-old fillies. It's a purse of a half a million dollars. Uh, that's a lot of money. It's also Breeders' Cup winning your ends, and there's eight fillies are scheduled to go to post today, including the number six horse, Wickenheiser, which if you recall... After Haley Wickenheiser? Yep. Yeah, and uh, when we had friend of the show, Kevin Attard, on, on the show a couple of weeks back, he mentioned that he had high hopes for this filly. And uh, last time in the uh, Catch a Glimpse stakes, Wickenheiser was uh, uh, basically made post-time favorite because of uh, coming out and, and running very well and breaking her maiden in her first lifetime start, mm-hmm. which is very mm-hmm. hard to do. I had a nice buyer figure off of that. But in the Catch a Glimpse, Wickenheiser was burdened with post of 11, and despite being eight wide in part of the race, continued to run on in the stretch, which was a good sign. So uh, that race was at six and a half furlongs on the turf. Today, Wickenheiser goes to a mile, and that's a distance she's bred for, and she's also bred for, uh, she has very significant turf breeding. She continues to work well with two five furlong works since that last race. This will also be Wickenheiser's third start off the layoff, and I really like her chances today. So race 10, the grade one, the tall mistakes, number six, Wickenheiser. Now, I said Haley. It should be Dr. Haley Wickenheiser because yeah. she's a doctor. No. Next. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Churchill Downs hosts a 12 race card today. In race two, it's an interesting race. It's a one-mile event on the dirt. It's a maiden special weight for two-year-old fillies. It's a purse of $120,000. The interesting thing is not too many horses in this field of 12 have even started, and those that have raced, really, they're... they're uh, performance was kind of pretty spotty, I'm going to say. So uh, I'm going to go with a new face. Number one, Comparative, who's been working well since July 6th. Uh, this girl is owned by the good uh, Godolphin stable. Hmm. They actually bred her. She's very well bred and hails from a trainer-jockey combination that we have talked about many times in the past, that of trainer Brad Cox and jockey, friend of the show, Flo Giroux. Flo. Yeah. Bonjour, Flo. Comment ça va? Yeah. In 2022, uh, to date, this combo has won 23% of their starts together. And trainer Brad Cox alone, he wins at a 23% clip with horses debuting at a distance of a mile or more, which is what we have today with, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Comparative. Uh, there's lots to like with uh, Comparative. Uh, I, I think this, the key is that the, the breeding's there. Uh, there's not really a lot of uh, uh, experience in, in the race. Uh, the horses that have raced, they, they really didn't perform that well. So Churchill Downs, race two, number one, comparative. Awesomeness. And lastly? Lastly, uh, we're going with uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and uh, they have a tremendous stakes card on tap tonight, as we've talked about. And race two tonight is a one-mile pace for a purse of $22,000. Number two, Cadillac Bayama should enjoy the class relief tonight. Uh, two races back from post 10, he trailed throughout in a class higher. And then last week, in a much better effort in the same class, Cadillac Bay- Bayama got parked out for most of the mile and was sit- sitting in second, actually, when turning for home and gradually tired because of being parked out so much and was beaten uh, uh, three and a quarter lengths and finished seventh. But as mentioned, he's down in class tonight. Driver Doug McNair is reunited with him. Uh, he's had past success with this horse. And I think, uh, you know, this horse looks like the between the class drop 
and getting Doug McNair back. And the horse looks like he's still in shape by going first up last time on the outside. I think he's got a big shot. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race two, number two, Cadillac Bayama. Outstanding. Hello to our good friend Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, which is a thing of beauty, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and donate to the cause. Stick around, 105.9 The Region, all weekend long. The Legend and Roamers up next with the feed, York Region's only magazine show. I'll be back Monday for a special edition as we cover the Queen's funeral. We'll be back then. Enjoy the races. Talk to you later. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.